Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, the vo- vo- Vince's voice of reason. It is Scott. Hey, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. We're at the tail end of it now, but how are we doing? Happy Thanksgiving as well. It's It's been a an interesting couple of weeks. Lots to talk about today. So, Sam, what's been happening in the world of wrestling. Man, we got a wild, wild, wild discussion to have. Uh, but before we get into that, do not forget to listen to Scott's Raw Review. NXT Narrative and SmackDown Studies comes out on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively. Also, we just passed Survivor Series. Quite the event, from what I'm told. Scott does a post-show on that. Please check it out. But we got a lot to talk about. We're going to go top, top of the, uh, top of this all. Kenny Omega has vacated the AAA Mega Championship. Very important. I had a feeling after it was announced he couldn't lift the barbell the morning of full gear that there was no way he was going to Mexico and dropping that title himself. Yeah, no. Um, so all I can say, I mean, it's a, it is upsetting. He's going to need surgery. He's going to be out for a while. But you know what? That man, he's he has the name the best belt machine for a reason. Mm-hmm. And especially, Scott, have you gone back and watched any highlights from that match? I have not. That man, when you go back and rewatch that match, to rewatch that with the knowledge now mm. that he was injured that whole time. Not only was he injured, 30 years ago, they would have been fucking coked up or on <laughs> like true. medication doing that. That's that true. was sober. Injured True and given an incredible performance. If you do not believe that Kenny Omega, hands down, is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, professional wrestler in the world right now. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what <laughs> to tell much. you. <laughs> Sounds terminal. We do wish him the best and a speedy recovery, uh, but this man has definitely earned his time off. He's had, I don't know, two, three companies on his back for the last year. So it's a well-deserved vacation. 
Yes. No, he's been he's been going like a like a madman. Madman. And he could use the break. He could use the break. Um, but my understanding is now there's a five way match for the Triple A Mega Championship at Triple Mania Regia. I don't know if that's pronounced how that's pronounced. That's actually taking place this weekend, December 4th. Wow. It Ooh. is December already. Um yeah, originally he was supposed to be wrestling Hero Del Vikino. I probably totally butchered that. I, I, I looked I looked a little bit up uh, him up and yeah, he's like this twenty four uh, twenty four year old like super stud that's coming and like an up and comer in, in in Mexico. So I'm sure that would have been a, a ridiculous match. But yeah, having a fatal five way and shit. That's equally as awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so who we have in this match? Obviously, we have him. We have Samurai Del Sol, formerly known as Kalisto in WWE, Jay Lethal, Bobby Fish, and Bandito. Wow. Okay. So we get some names in there. All right. And keep in mind, this card, I'm not sure if you've seen this card. This is the one where the AAA Tag Team Championships are on the line. FTR taking on the Lucha Brothers uh, yes. as well. <clears throat> So, with Kenny out of the picture, um, I mean, AEW still going strong. They have a strong roster. There's still a lot of other things going on. Mm. Obviously, uh, Ring of Honor's getting ready for final battle in a couple of weeks. Um, I think I was reading an article that Dalton Castle was saying that they felt like a waste of time, these new tapings. Oh, really? That's a lot of people bad. like, these just feel like a waste. And it's, I mean, I get it, but it's also, oh, Scott, we've had this talk over and over and over again. I <clears throat> something will come back. I'm hopeful something will come back. Yeah. No, I especially, agree with you. Especially after some of the stuff I read, and I'm gonna jump. I actually didn't even pull it up. Um with Ric Flair. Where Ric Flair said he will not go back to WWE because of Nick Khan. And until Nick Khan leaves, it had to do with the way that they were like starting to tarnish his legacy or something like that. Hmm. Maybe with the whole the whole man thing with with Becky. Maybe I'm not. I'm no, it had to. Uh, let me let me see if I can find this live live search. Uh, <laughs> good old good old Ric Flair. I don't know. He's um yeah. Let let him stick with NWA for a while. Let him stay over there. Let him, if he's going to go to AEW and uh, do something with Andrade, you could do that as well. Um, I don't know. He really isn't needed right now in WWE. Especially, oh, maybe, oh, this might also be ha- happen to do with them taking out his woo at the beginning of their, their beginning montage um, with everything that had come up with him. Uh, and that plane ride from hell episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Yep. That's probably what it was. So looking at this article from Cold Holic, um, Nature Boy feels WWE had done exactly that. No, okay. Flair departed WWE in August, and I was revealed his initially told Vince McMahon he wouldn't go to work for AEW unless WWE did something really stupid. And which he says they've done exactly that, accusing President Khan of having no respect for him and for trying to wipe away his legacy with the company. Uh, speaking on his podcast, 
Uh, Flair said, no, there are no discussions with AEW. I mean, I told Vince, da, 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 da. Uh, now they've done some really stupid stuff, so the door is open, but I'm certainly not. I haven't, yeah, uh, I haven't heard a word from them. I watch all the shows, appreciate the athlete. Okay. Give me what he said. If you take me off the opening of the show and take the woo, which I own, thank God, they'll never get it back. Replace me with the ultimate warrior, a guy who sued the company, held them up for money. I guess the next thing they're going to do with me is make a DVD saying so many people saying how bad I was like to deal with like they did with Warrior. Brought him back and put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, That ain't going to work for me. One and done. I text fans, no worries, but you know you're not going to do it. You're not going to bring me back. So – Sounds like it's not even Vince. Sounds like he's pissed off at Nick Khan. At Nick, yeah. Well, everybody seems to be pissed off at Nick Khan lately, you know, because WWE likes to release all the people, especially recently. I think, what was it, 80 people this year alone that Nick Khan has made Johnny Ace give the axe to? Um, I I love that people continue to bring up the old um, CM Punk video uh, of him pretty much just exposing them for Pipe releasing bomb. people. Yeah. Well, not, not well, no, yeah, one of them. CM Punk had a few um, back in his day, but this was the one where he was challenging, I think it was John Cena for the WWE Championship, and both Triple H and John Laurinaitis were in the ring. And this was right after they had done a, a, a massive release. And Punk just calls out um, both Triple H and Johnny Ace about it and challenges Johnny Ace, tells him, well, you know, for people like like Davey Boy Smith, did you, you know, go down and and, you know, let him know his services were no longer needed or did you just text him or email him? And the same thing with like Chris Masters and stuff like that. And the crowd just ate it up back then. And now you look back at it and just like, oh, God, it's the same goddamn thing every single time. Well, crazy enough, as time goes on, and I know we we like to shit on Vince with uh, some of these decisions made because he definitely is known for making poor decisions. Um, definitely, th- this definitely, I think, almost solidifies if this is true. This is Nick Khan is the big problem here. Either that, or he's just flushing everything out, which he's definitely letting go some gems. And- you think he could? Do you think he might be the fall guy for Vince? It's definitely a good chance, but I don't know. I mean, I looked back and WWE still still owns, still has over 200 wrestlers. That's still more than they need. So we could still even get more <laughs> releases as we go on. Yeah. But there's people that uh, I will. And again, I haven't watched the show in a while, but like. You have people like Dolph Ziggler. Very talented individual. Yep. Haven't let him go. I don't see why they would. Honestly, with Dolph, Dolph's put in his time. Like He's been yeah. there forever, and he's still doing things on television every single week with Robert Roode. So it's – I'm not – I have to – if I think about it logically, everybody they've released has not been a major factor on television. People who have walked away after their contract expires, that's a different story. Yeah. But – Everybody that they've let go has not really been in a huge thing. Like for me, like the biggest one obviously was Keith Lee recently, 
But even still, like they were trying to do this whole Bearcat Lee thing. And uh, we come to find out that this was not his idea. And they tried to push it. I guess it was an homage to a, to a, a an older wrestler by that same name. And um, I guess Keith had opinions about it. And, well, we all know how that works out when it comes to Vince and the higher-ups. If you have an opinion different from theirs, they, they don't like it too much. So they let him go. They let me Yim go. They let, you know, a whole bunch of other very talented individuals go. And uh, for a lot of them, their 30 days for NXTs are up pretty soon. I believe next week. Um, But for the rest of them, they have until February 1st or 2nd or 9th or 10th, depending on when they were let go. Um, So they get to spend time with their families during the holidays, which is nice, but not being able to do the things that they love, not so much. Yeah. And that's, that's frustrating. Um, However, I think we could be, you know, uh, like I said, with Ring of Honor closing, I think a lot of people get a little frustrated, especially since WWE is, like, just dropping people. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing for both sides. Um, but, you know, Ring of Honor's closing. AEW's roster's pretty solid. Um, Impact's not bad. New Japan is starting to make its way up. So I think pe- people learn. So what's going to happen? Uh, kind of going back to our, um, you know, uh, idea of like, you know, what's going to fill this void. We need some, mm. something bigger. There's always going to be talent. Some of this, and especially with the fact people got to keep in mind <clears throat> 30 years ago, 40 years ago, your time frame to wrestle was probably expected to be shorter. Right. Now you got people who can wrestle into their mid-50s, 60s. Let's look at... I'm I'm not saying everybody. Let's look at Sting. I'm going to point Sting out. Mm. Sting looks incredible for his age. He does. He does. Dustin Rhodes looks incredible for his age. Yep. Jericho on the right days looks really good for his age. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, And there's always new talent coming up. So it's like, what's going to close that gap? I know Jonathan Grisham has uh, an event coming up. Um, Terminus. Yes. Somebody needs to sign that man. Holy shit. <laughs> um, so this is actually a promotion, actually. Terminus. Who to the promotion has modern age grappling. They're going to have a show on January 16th. I think we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Okay. Because, um, yeah, that man, that man... I've seen him several times when I went to go see Ring of Honor shows. Incredible. Very yeah. talented individual. Yes, sir. Um, now, obviously, GCW's been doing a lot. Um, actually, GCW is like the name. Like, when I see Independence, it's like, the, I feel like they're going to fill the void where Ring of Honor is if Ring of Honor does not come back. Mm. Like, how many times do we post stuff? It's like, oh, G- GCW. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be the the next uh, fill-in. Or even New Japan. You know, New Japan's strong right now. Have you seen what has happened and who's debuted on Strong? I don't know if you sent it to me. You probably sent it to me a couple weeks ago. Couple... You're smiling, you know. <laughs> Our former resident thick boy, Jonah. Oh, my God. 
And that's not the only place where he debuted, too. No, he was at Impact. Yes, he was. At, right after, what was what was their last one? Was it Turning Point, or is that the one that's coming up? Um, the, Oh, I don't even know anymore. But even still, like, having him show up, dominating people, it's just, especially some people like Josh Alexander over at Impact, it's just like, yes. Yeah. If, yeah. Jonah. Very excited. Yeah, and there's uh, there's a lot. I, I got rid of my subscription for New Japan because I've been watching it re- recently. Again, you know, busy and just trying to, you know, you know, everyone has their finances and whatnot, rightly yep. so. While I sit there with a fucking peacock stream, I need to get rid of. Um, <laughs> so they have a lot going on right now. They just had. The latest edition of New Japan Strong is the last of the showdown tapings. There was a Philly street fight um, on the November 27th episode, which was, I think, uh, Saturday. Yep. Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki taking on defeating John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Yeah. They, this... I need to. They've been building up this product, and it looks like they got crowds now for New Japan Strong. Nice. Yeah, I need to. I need to have my eye on that as well. I'd like to be able to watch more New Japan stuff. I gotta see if it's anywhere else besides New Japan World. Yeah. Kind of curious. Um, As we speak of New Japan, we are a little over a month to the greatest time in the world. <laughs> um, there was a event, I don't know which event over in Japan it was, where Will Ospreay announced that he will be challenging the winner on the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. Oof. Winner of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And Okada took the mic and gave a quick promo in English. Ooh. Which I was like, I have to watch this. And he sounded, you know, pretty good. I mean, I mean, when you hang out with, I think, Kenny and the Bucks and whatnot, I'm assuming this, yeah, you're going to learn J- Japanese, but you're probably going to also learn English, you know, whatnot. <sighs> also, here's something big. I don't think we even covered this last time. And I think it's very important. This makes the third night of Wrestle Kingdom 16 that much more exciting. Night three, which happens on January 8th. In Yokohama, Japan. It's going to be New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Pro Wrestling Noah. This is for the 50th year anniversary, correct? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, Pro Wrestling Noah is the company that broke apart from New Japan back in the day. Let me double check. I don't want to. If that's the case, then that makes this event even more special. Uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, that's what I want. Their 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 child um, product or or whatever. Let me double check on this one. Um... No, this is after. No, okay. So this is the company where Giant Baba died, and somebody took over, and they ended up taking like twenty two of their like pretty much most of their talent. Um. 
formed by what's his name? Uh, Mitsuharu Masawa. It's interesting. All Japan's not involved in this, even though they're kind of like riot. I don't know. This this night almost went from cool. We got a third night to. I think I'm more excited for this than anything. Hmm. Um, I've already informed my younger brother when I'm down in uh, Florida for the month. <laughs> Pretty much said well, we got two nights for Wrestle Kingdom and watching. And now he doesn't know. He don't even know there's a third night happening. That's right. <laughs> Which, by the way, Scott, just so you know, night three will not be happening on New Japan World. Because it's a co-promotion. It will be on pay-per-view. I believe it'll be on Fight TV. Just in case, you know, you get a little bored and you want to splurge around that time. All right. All right. Um, yeah. Yep, no bomb fight TV and pay-per-view pro- providers. Nice. I think you and I were going to definitely have to watch that. I'll have to keep an eye out. See if uh if it's on, well, if it's on pay-per-view, it should be there. I'll definitely keep an eye out on that. That 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 might be some money worth <laughs> worth spending. Sorry, as I'm like scrolling through all this information. Um So Wrestle Kingdom 16 is going to be the first Tokyo Dome event since 2007, Wrestle Kingdom 1, where it was produced with a – it was a co-promotion event. Okay. And the first Wrestle Kingdom was New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Japan Pro Wrestling. Ah, All right. Wow, so yeah, it's been a while. That's fascinating. This is, these are the cool, cool little tidbits of wrestling where we've been so flooded with, you know, WWE stuff when we start digging into the meat and potatoes of everything else going on in the world. Because if I'm not mistaken, 2006, 2007, that was like when Brock Lesnar and I think uh, probably Kurt Angle had wrestled over there at that point or getting ready to. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, Brock was the first – foreigner to win the IWGP title, correct? I'm not off I on that one. Think, I 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 think, let's double check. Also at that one. I'm asking all the questions today. <laughs> no, I'm just like, this is, this is fun time to learn. At that same event, Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship was defended by and Successfully retained by Minoru Suzuki, defeating Yuji Nagata. That sounds like a match. Right. Wow. Let's see. No, actually, the first non was the fourth, uh, 89. And it's rightfully so. It is Vader. You know, Big Van Vader. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, that makes but sense. That makes sense. He might be. Nope. Scott Norton went out after that. Scott Norton. There we go. There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, I'm honestly like scrolling through Bob Sapp. Brock Lesnar is probably like the fourth. Still a big feat. Still. Yeah. Because they're far and few between. And then obviously, you know, Okada owned the belt for a million years. With <laughs> Takashi, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, Jay White. Either way, uh, can't wait. Also, um, returning to Pro Wrestling Noah is Kenta on January 1st, 2022. Nice. 
Does that mean he's still part of the Bullet Club? And if he is, that... Hmm. Hmm. Another promotion with with more Bullet Club members. <laughs> this is exciting. This 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 time that we live in. I know I praise this time we live in. I'm like the anti Jim Cornette. <laughs> There's so much going on. No, we can talk about this all day. Um, I want to get right into our um, talking points. Start with Impact Wrestling. Scott, we need to watch Impact ASAP. I, I will give you my Sling account because I just read the beginning of this right here. Scott, do you know what this started this week? Wrestle House 2. I yeah. saw that. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> it's the return of Wrestle House. Uh, we also had Chris Saban defeating Caleb with a K. Uh, Downtown Daddy Brown defeating Johnny Swinger. Um Looks like a mixed tag. Um, Decay and Chris Sabing defeating Eddie Edwards, Alicia Madison, Ray, Caleb, and Hernandez. Johnny Swinger defeating Lawrence D. There's a lot of... There are a lot of things going on. I was reading through it before we got on tonight. They were talking about different um, different storylines going through. Like Johnny Swinger ended up getting married to one of the Swingerellas. And it was... Yeah, I need to go back and watch this because um, I loved me some Russell House when that first came out. That's really what got you, I believe, on the bandwagon. Um, so, yeah, I really need I really need to go back and spend some time watching this. Yeah, no, I, I, I need to as well. Um, it always made it interesting, you know, just all that dynamic. I hope we got no, we oh, no Tommy Dreamer to go. You to, was it to get what the hell was the line? Oh, no. Uh, I forgot it, but I know what you're talking. I I can see him do it. Um, obviously, no him and no 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 Taya yet, but she should be free next month. So who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, it's. I love that they brought this back. So I definitely need to go take some time and go watch it again. Yeah, and as I'm looking through here, uh, the last match ended with Black Taurus defeating Hernandez. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm skimming through, skimming through. No, where did you, that was this week that Jonah debuted, right? Was it last week? That was last week. Okay. Yeah, we were out of commission. Well, one of us was out of commission, so we were not recording. We'll get into that. But let's hop right into the meat and potatoes of this episode, Scott. Whew. Wednesday. Wednesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Such a travesty. Like fucking fire stick shit the bed. I know. <laughs> I was so bullshit that once it was working, and I could have watched it on my laptop, but that's 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 not the point. You might, I'm going to sound like I'm like 70 years old right now. <laughs> it was telling me there was no network connection. My PS5's hooked up. My Polymega's hooked up. My Switch is hooked up. Everything's hooked up. They're all in the same spot. Other side of the house is the router. Everything else has a full clear signal. I was watching Hawkeye before that. You know, I had you know, Pokemon Diamond. Yeah, that's what I was doing this week. Um, Pokemon Diamond going. Nothing wrong with that. 
Not just because people want to judge. Yeah, that's right. 30 years old to play Pokemon. Don't yeah. let me. Fight somebody. That's I'll right. fight someone. That's right. Send out your Pokemon. They can fight for you. So, everything's working about this little piece of shit. You know when it did work? It worked like the following day when I came home. Oh, of course. I was not happy. So, heads up, until I figure out what I'm going to do. Some people say I need to get a new Fire Stick because the new ones, I guess, work better. Other people say uh, Chromecast, but I've seen things about Chromecast where it don't work that great with the apps. It sounds like I may have to stick with a Fire Stick, but fucking Jeff Bezos. Give me, mm. Also, I'm going to go on a quick tangent here. It is 2021. Most people have video game consoles in their house. How the fuck at launch do you not go, hey, yeah, we're going to make sure we have everything available at launch. People get my Sling TV on there. People get this on there, that on there. Fucking New Japan World. Let's let's talk about this. Sony is a Japanese company. And you do not have your own application on a Japanese product. <sighs> I can't say how frustrated I was that night. <laughs> but that being yeah. said... It was quite a night mm. that let's we, we're going to we might spend some time. We're going to spend some time on this quick. This opening bit. Mm. And here comes CM Punk. We're supposed to have his opening match with QT Marshall, which was a pretty solid match, by the way. Um, I don't have to say anything else except that the best part of this night was the opener. Hands down, no argument. Nope. CM Punk and MJF going at it on the mic. Promo School 101. Oh, my God. What, what, what do we say about this? What do you even say about this? I haven't been this excited about a promo off since... John Cena and The Rock, way back when. The moment I heard MJF's music after Punk made his way into the ring, I knew I was in for something special. Especially after what happened the week prior, Punk going out there, MJF you know, introducing himself, and Punk just laughing at him, turning on him, walking away. I'm just like, oh dear God. We're going to get that now. Like, let, let's let's. I want I want to take a step back. Watching Dynamite the week prior when that happened, like MJF had come out. I decided to you know walk from my couch to my kitchen to get something to drink, and I didn't even make it to my fridge. And I heard Punk's music hit. I literally stopped, turned around, and ran. I'm telling you, ran, and I'm a big man. I ran back to my TV because <laughs> I'm like, I am not missing a second of this. And then, you know, nothing really happened, and I'm just like, but they're teasing it. And I'm like, oh, my God. So this week, when it happened, I literally put my phone down. Because normally I kind of, like, go through Twitter. Even though I wasn't tweeting the night, I was kind of just going through, and I like to see what people are, you know, talking about and stuff like that. I heard... The music, MJF's music, and I literally just looked right at my TV. I put the phone down and I just watched. 
and I was just like, this is absolute gold. Just the stuff that they, they, they talked about, taking shots at one another and letting each other finish their sentences. And I was just like, this, kids, you need to go back and watch this and learn. Learn how good this is. And the fact that MJF, at his age, was able to keep up with what people would consider one of the best people ever to be on a microphone. And be on that level. It's not even like, oh, he's an up and co- he's on that level. Yeah. You know, and they gave him his time to shine. And that was the great thing. He gave him his his time to shine. And the only mind you, me, I'm frustrated as fuck that night. And the only thing I see going through Twitter at some point was something about the Miz. And I'm like, what the hell does the Miz have to do? Yes. And then I watched the promo. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yes. And the fact that when he says it, you can literally see MJF's face melt. (laughs) And he just goes, fuck you. (laughs) And and, and Punk just turns and looks at him and goes, bitch. Yes. Oh, like, oh, we're going to strike chords tonight. Okay, here we go. And I'm like, I remember because I'm texting you as this is happening. And I'm like, holy shit, Sam, they're throwing haymakers at one another. And it's just like, and you're like, I can I can feel your frustration coming through the phone because you're like, my fire stick won't work. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Garbage tech. Gar- I was, <sighs> oh, my God. But you know what? That's why I was so glad that when Punk came out last week and he didn't say anything, mm. you knew they were this. This was gonna be. We're not even talking about the wrestling part yet, because that match is gonna be a banger. And you and I have talked for a long time. Who does Punk get his first loss from? And what? And I believe. I believe I had mentioned that it might be MJF, but I didn't expect it now. I expected this months from now, like around double or nothing time. It could be double or nothing. We could be looking at revolution because revolution prob- in February. Since they talk about it, since they're talking now, I would think that would be the next one. And honestly, that's, that's a headliner right there by itself. Along with, um, uh, Brian Danielson and, Hangman Adam Page. Those mm. two right there. That's that's easy your top two matches. I love how we'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that in a minute. Um but this this promo, this might be promo of the year. Uh, easy. E- yeah, easily. Yeah. The only the only thing I wish that MJF would have done was to bring up um AJ Lee. Yeah, now they might be that. they might be saving that for a little bit later, and that's fine because you need to if you need to stretch this out into February, you can. But I wonder what Punk's reaction would be to that. I think they that would be close to the pay per view. You want to yeah. you want to see them like brawl in a ring? That's gonna be it. Yeah. You don't bring up a man's wife. That's true. But, 
But I think I wanted I do want to bring this up. This was the line I think that killed me. Um where he mentioned MJF was replaced by Britt Baker. He doesn't even know it. And goes, the only way you're going to be number one is if we all wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter for you to marry. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, oh, it was great. It was great. You know, you get references to The Miz. You get references to John Cena. You get ref- and That one was great. That was a great comeback by MJF, too. Because if you remember... I don't know if you were watching it this time, but when Punk and Cena were at the height of their rivalry, mm-hmm. Punk would would antagonize Cena doing the same thing, talking about, no, you know, he's Boston and blah, 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 blah. But what he's really turned into is the New York Yankees, that type of thing. So it was like the thing you hate the most. And during that feud, you could tell that there was some probably some honest you know, animosity between the two. And then for MJF to bring up the whole... <laughs> Hustle, loyalty, and respect. Even Pug's face changed, too. And I was just like, God, let's go. <laughs> I could literally watch them for two hours, and I would I would not be upset about this at all. Wrestling? No, just listen to them talk. I, I'm completely okay with this. There was also that bit where he talked about Triple H, and he talked about how he's always come in second place his whole career or something like yes. that. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Let me yep. tell you, when MJF... Or if MJF gets the win over CM Punk on this, that is going to be incredible. The heat he's going to have. Because even keep in mind, keep in mind, he already he already made the statement last week where he was like, you know, talk about beating Hangman Page for the title. Mm. So we're planting that seed already. Yep. And I think he would be the next in line. MJF so is definitely too. your I think he is your fifth AEW heavyweight champion. Yeah. And I look at that maybe like in a year. Let's say maybe all out. I don't even know if it'll last a year. Honestly. It, this nope. might be your double or nothing main event. Interesting. Inter- yeah, I could see that. I could unless they're trying to because who else does he, he would have to be like Brian Daniel? Like like if you really want to get some heat on him. And that's why, like, imagine him have to go after Brian Danielson after that. Or some... I don't know if I don't know if he would though, because AEW does like to do the whole heel face thing, and Danny Ryan's clearly a heel right now. Yeah, but we'll, who knows in six months? That is true. So that is true. I don't that's know. I'm <sighs> perfect. The seeds are planted. The next year of AEW is going to be incredible. Um, so following that, we did have the match between CM Punk and QT Marshall, which was a pretty good bout. You know, people, I think, forget how good QT is. His character can be kind of bland sometimes, but, um, in the ring, perfect, perfect. Um, up next, we had, this, this, this is what I'm really liking about AEW, and I think people get frustrated because of the bloated roster. We had the gun club taking on beer country. Like, yep. Billy Gunn's been there since almost day one. Um, and they, him and his sons look great in the ring. Beer Country's great. But now they're starting to build them up. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, the Gun Club has been undefeated since they started tagging. And they're like 35-0 and 0 or something. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. But, of course, how many matches have we seen? 
one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which they're thirty-five and zero. How the hell are they not in the rankings? Because they've been facing no-name teams down in dark and dark elevation. But now, you know, Bear Country I think would probably be their their biggest team victory. So I believe they're going to be going against Jurassic Express. I think so. Yeah. So they're actually nine and zero above Santana and Ortiz, and just under Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Okay. So they're in the picture now. Um, this was a lot of fun. You know, they're they're great. They're great in the ring. You know, what I was kind of getting at here is, you know, AW is able to cycle through its talent. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, we're seeing. Ginger Mahal and Randy Orton for the third, no, the fifth pay per view in a row. Yeah, I will. I will always go back to that that summer, because I just remember every pay every fucking pay per view. Yep. What's the main event? Oh. At least that same summer, if I'm not mistaken, we still had Usos a New Day. Yep. And that was exciting. Yeah. They put on bang. They were almost stole every pay per view. Because yeah, they knew how to put on good shows, and they could tell they could have good promos. Randy could have a good promo, but. As much as I do love Jinder Mahal, the man still lacks on the mic. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm excited for this. I want to see where this goes. I bet you they'll be, if if they slowly work their way up, maybe we'll see them at the Revolution pay-per-view for the titles. Definitely possible. Um, Following that, we have the TBS Championship Tournament match. uh, Thunder Rosa taking on Jamie Hayter with Thunder Rosa getting the W. Um, This is a good match, too. I'm I I more and more I'm really starting to enjoy Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. No, she's good. This was a this was this was actually I thought a good good match between these two. Not that Thunder Rosa ever has disappointed. It's true. But this was exciting. I know she goes on to wrestle Jade Cargill. Yep, Jade Cargill. Um, I wanted to see Thunder Rose. So this is this is my. You want my thoughts? I'll give you my thoughts right now. Yeah, of course. This is the bracket that's going to win the title. This is the bracket. So if we go to the the TBS or as you know, the title itself says, the Hose Championship. God. <laughs> um. So we have Nyla Rose taking on the winner of from Wednesday's match, Chris Statlander or Ruby Soho. That match also, by the way, this Wednesday is, I think, can be a show stealer. It can be. I think it will be, too. I think it has a chance. I think Ruby Soho will get the W and go to the finals. And beat Nyla as well? I like that. I think so. Well, Nyla's been on top for quite a bit. Um, That's true. And she's been looking really good in the ring again. She, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Lately, yes. Before... Not so much. But what's what I'm talking about? Like recently, she seems her in ring ability has been good. Like, like I said, she looked great in the match at the pay per view. Yeah. The pre show match. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Thunder Rosa has so much star power behind her. Mm. You think she, she gets by, by Jade? But that's the thing. She... So this is why I think this, this side of the bracket's going to win it. Thunder Rosa is a, just a big deal. Mm. Big, big deal. Um, because imagine battle for the belts. Imagine like, or imagine someone down the down the road, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, title and title, not title yeah. for title, but 
you know, imagine a rematch like that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, maybe Ruby Soho does want it. Maybe they want to give it to somebody who's nowhere. You know. But so many people still hate Jade Cargill. I don't know why. Like she, I know it took her a long time to get that it factor. She has yeah. that it factor now. Yeah, she she definitely, yeah, she definitely hit that gear. And as much as I I hate to admit this, uh, thinking that she couldn't do it alone, but the moment she got um, Mark Sterling on her side, it just added that extra added layer that really, just really worked for her. And what's interesting is, I, from what I've seen, I don't think he really even gets involved. He like, doesn't, but just his presence being there like during the promos, because the promos have been her, I would say, her biggest Achilles heel. But yes. now with the promos with him being there, it adds – it just adds that – that he's that mouthpiece that she needed. And not yes. to say that she doesn't really, you know <laughs> – her promos have gotten better as well. But just the fact that he's there, it just adds to it. Yeah, and I think if we go back to the, you know – I think Jade Cargill won the whole thing if I want – you want my honest opinion. I could see she won the too. whole thing. She'll have the title. She'll be dominant. She'll wreck everybody who comes through. And it'll make way for whoever some. Somebody, you know. Again, David and Goliath story. It'll be the perfect David and Goliath story there. I honestly feel like if she does win this whole thing, that the person that will defeat her will be Red Velvet. Just because of how their rivalry has been jade has dominated well she dominated the first match uh and red red velvet put up one hell of a fight in this last match but i think if they're gonna do it in threes i think red velvet will be the one eventually to take the title away from jade that way jade can go after the major title yeah yep that would that would make a lot of sense um because it's interesting i don't really know who's going to be the next uh Women's champion after Brit. There, they have a pretty. It, I have a. I I have an idea. I I I think I. I know we haven't talked about it yet, but um, Brit does have a. A new challenger, but we'll talk about that once we get the rampage. But I feel like, it's it's inevitable, just like Thanos. It's inevitable. That Brit Baker will face Thunder Rosa. For that title. Okay. So you think Thunder Rosa will take that title from her? I think so. I think she's next in line. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause she can't, she's, she's one who, even when I was in Boston, like she, she had one of those pops that was, that was unreal. Yep. And you can tell just by listening to whenever somebody mentions her name, Britt immediately tries to change the subject. Or say, yep. we don't talk about that name here. I already, I already beat her. We don't need to yeah. talk about her. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that. So yeah, she's dismissing it. So clearly she's afraid. So that works out quite well. Yes, it does. Uh, I'm now remembering something that we forgot to talk about that happened just before this match, which might be also one of the... M- we had a contract signing, guys. Yes, we did. Forgot about this. I was surprised, too. I was shocked. Because so, yeah. mm. Dante Martin's just been like a... A face um, For so long Yeah Now he has signed 
And mind you, he did this in front of Leo Rush. He has signed with Team Taz. Yep. No words. Signs, jumps the table, leaves with them. Yep. So two things I'm curious about. What the hell happens to Leo Rush now? And why, Dante? Throwing this out there. Team Taz has been a thorn in their side for a while before Dante makes the jump. Yeah. Part of me feels like this is sabotage from within. Yep. Ooh. So, like, he's signing so he can handle them from the inside. Correct. Cause suspension, cause Team Taz to completely fall apart. That's it. Ooh. So, playing the long game here. Interesting. Because Dante's too much of a, you know, he's, he's too popular with the crowd to be booed. So unless he does something so diabolical that makes the crowd hate him, I, I honestly feel like the only way this is going to work is if he's going to go in and sabotage the group completely. Like, this is not like a Brian Cage thing where he just disappears and doesn't come back to television. I feel like we're going to watch this whole group destroy itself from within. And this would almost establish Dante as that fifth pillar that we keep talking about. Correct. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't even think about I was thinking one side and I'm like, what's what's his motive? But now you bring that in and I'm like, oh, you turn, you're moving it around and looking at it from another angle. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So following that, we had, you know, Brian Danielson taking on Colt Cabana. Fascinating fact that was mentioned on this. They had had five singles matches as this match was going on up until this mm. point. Four, which Danielson won, and one, which was a 60-minute time, time limit draw. Yep. Um, Cole Cabana is one of those people that upsets me. We don't see him enough. True. He's there, but he's not there, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I remember I first heard the name Cole Cabana when I went to go – to the first Ring of Honor show because he used to be the he used to be the second commentator. Yep. Like it'd be you know obviously Andrew Cabani he's the you know the guy who does he can go solo all day long, but then it would be like the the special events like War of the Worlds, Global Wars, you know Mass Hysteria. Cole Cabana was like the number two. Yep. And he's a great commentator too. Keep that. He, I just you know another great commentator. Um. Danielson, I don't know. I I looked away for two seconds. And all of a sudden, I see Cabana on the ground. He looks like he's pretty much already knocked out. And he just starts doing this, like, little tap yeah. to tap out. Yep. Um, I don't know if he got a knee to the face or there was something. You know, I don't know how it transitioned into that. But great match. Danielson is ready to kick in some heads in uh, Atlanta next week, this week. Well, you, you talk about him almost getting knocked out. He lost two teeth. Oh, wow. The I missed brain, that. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, after the match was over, Danielson crawled over to something that was on the mat, and it was one of his teeth. And then he crawled over a little bit farther over found the second tooth. So he kicked or punched or something, two teeth out of Cole Cabana's mouth. So Cabana might be out for a couple weeks to get his mouth. Uh... He, he got boom-boomed. I haven't seen that since Cesaro did that. Oh, my God. Oh, I still remember that. Mm. That was nasty. Mm. Um, but, yeah, 
Danielson is literally going to walk through every male member of the Dark Order, and then I'm I'm telling you now he's going to get put down by by Hangman Page, and it's going to be a great match. That's going to be a fight. That might be the moment that turns him face that we talked about before. If we're going to go back for a little bit to talk about the MJF going after Danielson. Danielson could be so impressed by Hangman that he just shakes his hand and then turns into a face. That could be the turn. Like respect, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's, I don't know, I'm curious. Again, this is one of those moments where I think about four years ago, four and a half years ago, where I was going to, I went to a Ring of Honor show and Hangman is there and he was like a member of the Bullet Club and he was like the lesser known member. You know, he was down there yep. with Chase Owens and whatnot. And Daniel Bryan was just coming back in WWE, and he was like a totally different monster. And now to see these two worlds like intersecting, it's just it's still very surreal to me. I know this is this is exactly what the height of the Attitude Era was. Yeah, I know. I know you were too young to watch it when it first happened, but I'm getting just watching the new people come into AEW. Like I'm getting those vibes. Like this is. I'm more invested now in AEW than I've ever been. And I just want to see this continue to grow. I want them to be legitimate competition. I want this also to push WWE into a better way of doing their shows. I mean, their shows have been okay, but I don't want okay anymore. I'm tired of okay. I want great. I want fantastic. I want, oh my God, this is must-see television. I want yeah, you those, and I-, I want those ratings up. I want seven, eight million people watching this night, uh, you know, every night. I want it. You, you and I, you, you, we you and I want to be on several podcasts a week. You want to be doing raw review with me every Monday night, you know, <laughs> SmackDown study every Friday. Like that's kind of where we already do four podcasts at least per week. I would not mind it doing the both of us talking about these shows every single night. But you know, that's, that's, that's just future growth for us. I want future growth for the entire professional wrestling and sports entertainment business. This is what I want. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, well, even let's look at this match, you know, the, the, the main event, Cody Rhodes, Pac and the Lucha brothers take it on Andrade El Idolo, Malachi Black and FTR. At one point, This is what like this is five eighths NXT. Yeah, five eighths NXT. You know, Cody. I don't know if he was on NXT or just like oh, he has the Rhodes name. He just goes up to the top. He was he was a coach when NXT started, so technically yes. So like three fourths NXT. You know, yeah. and everyone in this match looked great. Um, I like the cockiness that um, Cash and Dax have. Coming yes. out, yes. Um, this was this was a lot of fun. This was, I I don't even know what to. See. There there is that heat with Cody. Everyone's you know kind of like over Cody, but I think he's the only one who has heat. Yeah, in this whole eight man, pretty much. But it doesn't mean he's bad. He's great in the ring. I I honestly I mean it's entertaining to 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 listen to everybody boo, but I don't know. The funny part of it was, we'll, we'll we'll talk about like the match itself in a second. But like when this match was over, Cody actually teased, 
like this was off the air, but uh, I saw a video later uh, on 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 Twitter. Cody teased going down the heel ramp, but then changed his mind halfway and went back down the face one. So, you know, he comes out and says, I'll never turn heel against the fans and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I think the moment he turns heel, I think the crowd would start to cheer him again. Just to spite. <laughs> Wrestling fans are fascinating. They're also fickled as hell. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. However, my fire stick did work Friday night when we got to watch AEW Rampage. Woo. Man, this here, this was this was uh, quite the opener. Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta taking on Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. How much longer until Kyle O'Reilly comes over? I'm telling you. His contract's up soon. Because I remember they were talking, I think it was on Dynamite, where Bobby and Adam were talking, and they were talking about the Bucks and how the Bucks haven't been around. And there was some frustration, and I'm like, Adam Cole isn't happy with the Bucks. Or irritated. I I told you. I mentioned that, too, a while back. I said, I'm telling you, Adam Cole is going to come in. And again, they plant the seed. I think it was the week prior. When Kenny, Kenny? Where Kenny was talking to uh, Cole in the Bucks about, you know, he needs to step away, you know, for, you know, surgeries, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, well, we'll put you guys in charge, you know, of everything going forward. And Adam Cole's like, I got you back. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And Kenny kind of chuckles and goes, I was talking to the Bucks. But yeah, I mean, I kind of, okay. Yeah, I, 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 like, I figured that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, there it is. There's that first, that first check. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Granted, if that leads to Adam Cole taking on Kenny Omega in the future. But if Kenny does, if um, Kyle O'Reilly doesn't re-sign with WWE and comes over here, then you have Red Dragon and Adam Cole together again. The original Undisputed Era. Well, we can't say that, that though. Of course, we can't say that, but <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, if this is if this happens, you could get the undisputed error. I'll say it. I don't give a shit. They can't fire me because I don't work for them. <laughs> you can get undisputed era versus the elite. It's what a lot of people wanted years ago. We might actually get it on AEW. Let's talk about Triple H quickly. All right. Let's talk about Triple H. And I know he's been out because of, you know, he's he's been having some health problems himself. Do you think he's screaming watching some of his best talent get let go? Because because Triple H, Adam Cole was his baby. No pun intended. Yep. Like, the Undisputed Era may have been one of the greatest factions in a long time coming out of WWE. Yep. Probably the greatest faction from NXT. Oh, easily. Yeah, absolutely. It's... I I feel like if it's not early days of NXT when Triple H was not in charge or fully in charge... 
I feel like whoever's on the main roster just just dies. And we've seen that. I don't think anybody from the modern crop of NXT stars have done well. And you wonder why people like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, you know, people like that stay in NXT because they know better. They know the moment they get called up, they're done. Well, they were called up at one point, those two. Yeah, exactly. But they turned around and said, now nah, we're done. No, we're staying here. Which also, Gargano's contract is coming up, too, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Scott screaming inside. Yep. No! Or indifferent <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want him I don't want him to leave I I don't I mean as much as I would love for him to do things in AEW I really feel like if if this old guard leaves speaking of old guard war games war games but we'll talk about that later um I feel like if this old guard leaves, I feel like NXT is in even more trouble. No offense to the new crop that's coming, but they're not there yet. Now, even so Braun Breaker, I mean, he's been pretty good, but he could use definitely use the. Uh, he needs the he needs his bumps. He needs yeah. yeah. He, needs, he needs his scars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, we'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, selfishly, yes, I'd, I I'd love to be able to have. All my favorites in one place. Clearly, that's not going to happen. And if it does, then I'm going to die the happiest wrestling fan ever. But, yeah. Because I don't know what Candace's contract is like. She's also about to give birth to their first child. I think Candace's, her contract is almost up. I, 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 I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know her status, but I don't know. I feel like... I feel like NXT can't afford that loss even more. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. Yeah. But but what I was getting at here is like, do you think he's like, you know, he had a pretty solid brand and he's seen his talent walk away? Or is he probably more like being a wrestler and a wrestling fan and being like, you know, this is exciting. You know, we'll, we'll, this is stuff we could have done, but they're doing it and somebody's getting it. The fans are getting it. We're getting it. I almost feel like he might be at that level. Especially since he really doesn't have say in his brand anymore. Right. As a fan, I'm sure he loves it um, because it drives the competition. Uh, as a business person, I'm sure he absolutely hates this because he should, they all should still be with him and NXT should be completely taking things over. Part of me wonders if this is just a power move by the powers that be. The upper of the upper echelon that is worried that NXT, while the ratings were not the greatest, they were getting support. And if Triple H takes over, a lot of those people are gone. So you self sat you sabotage as much as you can to keep him in check, and then they can continue to live on their fruitful lives, making lots of money while the product suffers. Yeah, because I think at this point, WWE thinks they're they're infallible, that they can't fail. They're too big to fail, Sam. And um, they're if they continue to do that, I have a feeling that they're going to fail. I don't think they're going to go out of business, but they're going to realize that they're not the only game in town anymore, which I think they're still having a problem understanding, honestly. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, when you've run the place for two decades, two decades, two, two <laughs> decades without any major, you know, blips on the screen, you start to get complacent, which is what happened with their product. They got complacent and the, <laughs> the, you know, quality of the shows started to decline. AEW was formed and they were kind of like, ah, whatever. We got the piss ant company comment. And well, I guess maybe Triple H, maybe he did that on purpose. Maybe that was to completely rile up the fans. Who knows? People are also saying Triple H will, will leave and start his own wrestling promotion, which I don't think is has any real chance of happening. But what if he did? What that would say. Uh, we got questions on that. I'd be curious. I'd be curious. Well, we also have um, coming up shortly, and I'm looking. I still don't have any information more recently. We have the UBS Arena show, I believe, next week. Yes, WWE has actually been pushing it on television the last couple of uh, last week or so. Yeah, I want to know what the ticket sales are right now. Obviously, AEW is probably pushing close to a sold out show, but I want to see if Raw was able to close that gap. Yeah. Um, but I know we, we, we totally strayed. I know we did. <laughs> so this match was a lot of fun. We got to see Orange Cassie and Adam Cole have this little bout. You know, Cassie couldn't get his hands in his pockets, and when he finally did, um, Bobby Fish and Wheeler Yuta had a you know good grappling session. Mm. Just just a lot going on here. That was a lot of fun. Um, awesome finisher though with the yes. Avalanche Falcon Arrow. Beautiful by Bobby Fish. Mm. A lot. Oh, uh, so, so good. So excited. You know, I'm just curious to where see where this goes. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole, one on one. That would be good. Mm-hmm. But I think the 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 biggest match of the night with the biggest stipulations was Brooke Baker taking on Rio. Yes. Where if Rio won this match, it was a Black Friday deal match. If Rio wins, she earned a guaranteed world title shot. Because she was never properly eliminated from the Casino Battle Royale. And if I'm not mistaken, she's never pinned Rio. I no, Brit has never defeated Rio. So Rio got the pin, which I was actually shocked. Yeah. Shocked. I think that's the first time Brit's been pinned as champion. Which is how it should be. Yes. Now, people, <laughs> people like to complain about this this finish but if you if you again look at the difference between how wwe does that and how AEW does it the champions never lose non-title matches unless there's a stipulation for it going forward so while i was surprised that riho won i'm glad that she did because now it establishes an immediate challenger for Britt baker mm -hmm. meanwhile on the other channel <laughs> The, title, the champions seem to lose almost constantly even in non-title contests. And it gets frustrating because you're immediately making your champions weak by having them lose non-title matches constantly. So while people want to complain about this happening in AEW, you have to stay, take a step back and take a look. This happens constantly in one program and never in another. Let's, if, if I'm not mistaken, when, when uh, Rey Mysterio won the title... Uh, the world the world heavyweight title years ago. If I'm not mistaken, he lost almost every match. Like he lost a lot of matches as champion. 
Yeah. Even though he it was awesome, he got the championship. Some people say his title run was like pathetic. Yeah. A so, lot of people say the only reason why he won that title is because that was the year that Eddie Guerrero Eddie died. Passed. Yeah. 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 So you got to do it right. You, you Correct. really have to do it right. Exactly. And I think AEW actually did it correctly here. Is that you have a champion that lost like the pin was like a tricky pin. It wasn't a flat pin and, and it caught Britt off guard. You saw it in her face and she did a really fantastic job selling that. Oh, my God, I got pinned for three seconds. What the hell? And this will lead into something good. I don't know how long it'll be before Rio gets her actual shot. I don't believe they're going to pull it out until February because I feel like that's a mistake. But maybe at that. It's champion been, that belt oh, I can't remember the name of the actual title match uh, the, the name of the show that's coming up I think it's all at all Battle the belts. That, thank you um, it might be at that I think I that think would be that make the most sense yeah um, but it's it's nice um, that that happened with, but go ahead with someone like Brit this is the way I'm thinking about it if they decide to do this match sooner rather than later they have to do it where it's going to be a dirty, 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 dirty win. Yeah. Where Brit pretty much, it's Brit going like, yeah, you pinned me, but that wasn't fair. So I'm going to put you in your place and kind of make her dominate and put you like just, you know, yeah, oh, I see a crack, but uh-uh, I'm going to stomp you in the fucking ground so you don't do it again. Right. That's how it needs to happen. But if yeah. we wait till battle for the belts, battle of the belts, um, I could see it not going that route. Right. Yeah, but that was a that was a shocker. That was a shocker. And that was a I thought a good match. Now, my personal favorite part of the night. I say two things. Two things. Daniel Garcia gets a lot of limelight for somebody mm. who's not considered a main event player yet. Right. They must have some. They, they gotta have stock in this guy. And they're not against it because he's actually really good in the ring. Two. I am like a five-year-old on Christmas. Anytime I get to hear 2.0 on the mic. <laughs> the moment I went watch Dynamite, no, when I was watching this and I saw that was it Chase Parker was like, I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, let's go. They just have they they they're one they're some of my favorite talkers. They're so underrated. Yeah, absolutely, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so yeah, Daniel Garcia took on Eddie Kingston in the main event. This was this was a good decent match i i walked away because i realized my car lights were on for like three hours oh jesus that's why like at the end of the match i like walked out and i'm like i had to see somebody else's tweet and i'm like oh yeah, yeah eddie kingston won yeah <laughs> like i was just like because <laughs> i went to go grab water i looked outside and my lights were on i'm like i came home at eight o'clock it is now 11 o'clock <sighs> but yeah, this was a good, good uh, short episode of Rampage. It was. We did forget one thing. And Sam, I, I blew up your phone when this happened. And 
I want to talk about it for just a moment. Let's talk about it, Scott. Backstage. Tony Schiavone. Skivon. Skivon. <laughs> with an interview with the premier athlete, Tony Nese. <laughs> Sam remembers now. <laughs> yes. Yes, so I remember Tony, this. Tony uh, talks about, you know, he's here, you know, scouting competition, which is why he's always out at ringside. And he, you know, knows that there's an open challenge for the TNT title. Which then, of course, I, I feel like whenever the TNT title is, is mentioned, the champion is obviously not far behind. So Sammy... Mr. Mr. Guevara, Mr. Spanish God himself comes up and they have themselves a little tiff. Little tiff, yeah. And Tony ends up getting the the upper hand, puts his knee on his ch- uh, on Sammy's chest. Tells him that he's going to take the title from him and just points at the title. Tony Nice has now become my favorite professional wrestler of all time. Because he did not touch the title. Sam, he didn't touch the title. I know. Scott was like, like so giddy. He's like, oh, my God, he didn't touch it. He didn't touch it. Oh, my God. I, I have been wanting somebody, anybody, I don't care what show it's on, to challenge for a title, point at the title, and not touch it. Because I, I have this old school mentality about me. If you haven't earned the title at any point in your career, you do not touch it. Until it is handed to you by the referee That's just I used to watch that in the old days And it used to just I was like I really like that I think that's fantastic And that just died Brilliant Tony did it on Friday And I'm like you're, I've always liked you sir Now you're my favorite ever Thank you for doing this no, Even if it was subconsciously I don't care Thank you I appreciate this so no, much No it was strong It was strong that he did not do that um, I'm glad we're finally getting him I like how they've kind of like Played it out It's like oh Tony Nish is at ringside And they don't mention it And yep. slowly But it'll be a lot of fun Tony Nish was one of those uh, Premier wrestlers No pun intended <laughs> When he was in You know NXT Or two, you know 205 Live. Live Yeah Yo I've always enjoyed his work. He's always been good on the mic, so I'm looking forward to him. And they make the 205 guys look so small. I don't know what they do. I don't know if they. I don't know what it is. But like he's up against Sammy, and Sammy, yeah, he's not the biggest wrestler, but he's still a tall motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um. And speaking of which, we're talking about the inner circle here quickly. Very importantly, Chris Jericho came out off of commentary at the end of the main event. Yes. And helped Eddie. So, yeah. Again, I think they got a lot of stock in Daniel Garcia. I don't like. I'm curious. Like I said, full gear felt like the end of like a like a an era, and now we're starting to see these other things start to happen, like the next chapter, the next book, the next novel, the next game, whatever you want to call it. So fucking exciting! I know. So it exciting. is a really, it is a real good time to be a fan of wrestling. Um, and we yeah. still have all these other releases that are just hanging out. That's right. Eating. I keep saying December and February are going to be good times again 
you know, for somebody, whether it's going to be Impact, whether it's going to be AEW, whether it's going to be, you know, any of these other smaller groups, MLW, they're going to grab people and go. So uh, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It will be really good. Guys, it's been a crazy week. Uh, crazy two weeks, actually. We didn't really get into, obviously, we didn't record last week, but it's been crazy. And we know that things are going to get even more wild, especially with the year end. And if you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. Don't forget to follow Ship It Studios, our partnership that we have, as well as our boys at Back to the Ring, the podcast that takes old matches and puts in new talent, books them, and sees if we got the same outcome. We are on all platforms, if there's one you cannot find us on, please let us know and we will throw ourselves on there. I don't know. Maybe we can start getting a Discord going. I know we've talked about that. We kind of had one for a while. But, if you know, grow our brand, grow ourselves, grow our connection with you guys, our fans, our listeners. On your streaming platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why by Above the Ring, Back to the Ring. And Ship It Studios the podcast if you're choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.